Well, good morning, Coastal Church. It's good to see you this morning, and I'm going to dive right in. Man, I love the opening line of that song, you know, and I love that because I've been teaching this series called One and Not Just Another, and I've been trying to teach us of the high view that God has of His church, right? And and I love the opening core, uh, opening verse of that song. It talks about, man, we're the treasure of God through Jesus Christ. And uh, and because of that, because God has a high view of His church, and I've been teaching us, right, that, that you know, that old uh, kid's rhyme, right? Here's the church, here's the steeple, open doors of people. I've been talking about, hey, this this is not a church, but the people are the church. And so so do me a favor, we're going to c- continue in that series. And, uh, and you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an honor for me to teach you uh, and talk to you about the words of God, knowing that you're the treasure of God in Christ, for those of you who call yourselves Christians. So uh, I'm going to jump around a little bit this, this morning. So uh, we're going to, I'm going to have you park on Ephesians uh, chapter 4, verse 29. So if you have your Bible, Ephesians 4.29, you can kind of park there. Uh, and I, and, uh, and then I, inside of your bulletin is a handout. You can follow along there. And then I want to bring your attention to something, okay? In the chair in front of you is a card that looks like this, okay? Uh, and I'm going to start saying this every week till you're sick of it, but it usually takes me about four weeks to hit everybody at Coastal, okay, with the announcement. So on Easter Sunday, which is March 31st, I think, uh, Easter Sunday, we are going to be doing one service at Woodside. High School. Okay, how many of y'all joined us there last year? Well, okay, and it, it always falls on spring break the last couple of years, which kind of stinks. I know some of you are away, uh, but if you missed it, man, we had an incredible service. We take our three services, we combine them into one. We filled Woodside High School. It was amazing. And uh, so I'm just reminding you, we're going to do one service, 10 o'clock, Woodside High School. Now, the purpose of this card is not about you, okay? Uh, we know in our culture, a lot of people, you know, that maybe don't attend church regularly will go, oh man, Easter Sunday, I think I'm supposed to do something on Easter Sunday, go to church, okay? And so my hope is, is that you and your relationships in the community and things like that, you will find an opportunity to maybe invite a friend of yours or a co-worker or a neighbor, a classmate, uh, say, hey, you know, I you go to church anywhere, if they say no, say, man, come on out to Coastal. It's a great opportunity. It's going to be a great service. And so use that, all right? Take that with you. If you need more than one, okay, uh, we've got a whole slew of them at the Connect Center, okay? So grab some more, and we would love for you to invite some folks out, okay? Everybody with me? All right. Y'all awake this morning? All right. I'm, I'm not sure. Okay. All right. Good, well, good morning. So uh, I heard a story this week. It was a, a story about a young boy. He uh, he was sitting on the si- sidewalk, and he was sitting next to his lawnmower, and he just had this downcast look on his face, probably about a 10-year-old boy. Along comes this preacher riding on his bike, brand new mountain bike he just bought, and so he's out taking a spin through the community. Comes up to this little boy, and this boy just looks discouraged, and he stops. He says, what's wrong, young man? And he said, well, you know, I've got my lawnmower here, and I've, I've been trying to mow enough yards to purchase, save money, and purchase a brand new bike. And so this pastor's preacher said, you know, kind of thought, you know, well, maybe I can bless this young boy. So he says, listen, I'll tell you what, I'll trade you my new mountain bike for that lawnmower right there. And the little boy perks up and he goes, really? And he goes, yeah. And so they, they make this trade. About a week later, the preacher's in his front yard with his lawnmower that he has swapped his brand new bike to this little boy. And the little boy comes riding by on his brand new bike. And, and the preacher stops him and he says, Son, I think you duped me. He said, I, I can't get this lawnmower to start. And the little boy looks at him and goes, oh, yeah, it'll start. You just got to keep cranking on it, keep pulling on it. And, and the preacher says, well, I've been doing that. He goes, no, no, while you're cranking on it, you got to cuss at it. <laughs> and, and the preacher says, 
Now, son, I'm a preacher. I forgot how to do that a long time ago. <laughs> to which the little boy responded, well, you keep cranking on that mower, preacher, and it'll come back to you. All right, that's what he told him. <laughs> now, this morning, I'm, I'm going to be talking about um, how we speak to one another in community, right? Our tongue. And, and when I do that, the danger of that is in kind of this Christian subculture, if you will, the first thing that comes to our mind is cussing. Like, I ain't going to say no bad words type thing, right? And, I, and the dangers, I, I, I want you to know that what we're going to talk about this morning is, is far deeper than a swear word. I mean, come on, really, right? That's kind of where we, we bring it down. And I think that, that when it comes to our words and our tongue, that there are things that are far deeper and actually far more encouraging and far more dangerous than just a cuss word, okay? And so I want to I bring us to this, and we're going to look. And so the reason it's a little bit topical here this morning is because there's just so many verses in the Bible that talk about our tongue. Okay, and how we speak. And so this morning, as we raise the view of the church, I want to encourage us in how we communicate, how we talk to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, that's a term, maybe you're, you're like, I've never really heard that term before. The concept is, is that once you become a follower of Jesus, that uh, the people, all the people that are followers of Jesus are family now. And so we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And the Bible is very clear about how we speak to one another. Okay. And so I want to start with this morning the idea that the words that we use are really an overflow of our hearts. Does that make sense? Jesus said that. And so it's very, very important that we understand that as followers of Jesus, there really needs to be an overflow of the gospel message in our heart, that the words that we speak are an overflow of a transformed heart. In fact, in, in Matthew chapter 6, 15, and Jesus tells a little story. Now, your handout says Matthew 16, and my wife this week used words with me. She said, your handout's always wrong, you know, so it's wrong again, all right? So uh, that was a typo. It's Matthew chapter 15. But Jesus here is teaching his followers that it is what comes out of you that is what pleases God or displeases God. It's not. So he's teaching all these people. There's these people in Jesus' time called Pharisees, and they had all these religious rules. And everything about what they believed about God was kind of this outward appearance. You ate the right things. You wore the right things. You went to the right place at the right time. And if you did all these things, then God was happy with you. And Jesus is trying to reverse that on his head and say, no, God looks at the heart and a transformed heart then lends itself to doing the right thing. And one of the dangers this morning and what I'm teaching you is I'm afraid that you're going to walk out of here this morning and you're going to walk out with thinking that the message of Jesus is behavior modification. The danger is you're going to walk out of here this morning thinking, well, Jesus just wants me to be good, say nice things, and be nice. And what we, the danger of that is we just have a whole bunch of nice people whose hearts haven't been radically transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? And so Jesus is teaching that it's not the outward stuff that God's looking at, it's the inward stuff. And so as he's teaching this, the disciples pull Jesus aside and he, they say, listen, you Jesus, you got to stop saying that. You're offending the Pharisees. That's what they said. That's kind of what they're implying. Like, they're upset at you. And Jesus is kind of like, I don't care. Okay, because they're missing the point. And so in Matthew chapter 15, verse 16, Jesus said to his disciples, his close 12, he says, don't you understand yet, Jesus asked. 
Anything that you eat passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. Verse 18, but the words you speak, they come from where? What's it say? The heart, right? Comes from this, this inner part of you. The real you, right? It comes from your heart. And that's what defiles you. Not the words, but the heart. And from the heart, man, comes all your evil thoughts and murders and adulteries and sexual immorality and theft and lying and slander. These are what defile you, eating with unwashed hands. Or in other words, keeping all the religious rules, man, that stuff will never defile you. And so church, as we kind of unpack the practical nature of our tongue and how we speak to one another, I need to start this morning with you understanding the gospel. And the gospel message is your heart is far worse than you even dared imagine. But the grace of God is far bigger than you can imagine. You need a heart change. You need a new heart because the, the words that you speak are an overflow of your heart. Now, there are moments in my life that the words that I speak, if I'm honest, I say, man, that's an overflow of my heart. It really scares me, right? You ever had those moments where you're like, I can't believe I just said that, right? That's an overflow of your heart. And, we'll, and what I want you to know is you got to walk out of here and we're going to close this sermon here this morning. You're going to understand why we desperately need Jesus Christ, because otherwise, if we're not clinging regularly to Christ and we're not growing on a daily basis closer to Christ, the words that we speak will be left to our sick and wicked hearts. And we need a transformed heart by the power of the gospel, the truth of God's word, coupled with the power of his spirit that changes the heart and life forever. I taught on this about five or six weeks ago about being born again. Remember me talking about that? We need a new heart. And so the words that we speak are really an overflow of the gospel, Okay. Now, here's the second thing I want you to see, and, and, and you guys kind of know this, but I, it, this is kind of a reminder message this morning, okay? That words are incredibly powerful. Words are incredibly powerful. In fact, Jesus taught us that there's no idle words. Every word that we speak has influence and makes impact. I want to say that again. Every word that we speak has influence and makes impact. Matthew chapter 12, Jesus said this, I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word that you speak. Am I the only one in this room that makes a little bit nervous? Like I, I'm going to stand before God one day and, and, and answer for every word that's come out of my mouth. Proverbs 12 says, some people, man, they make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. In other words, your words are doing one of two things. You're building up or you're tearing down. You're giving life or you're giving death. In fact, Proverbs goes on to say, literally, in, in words, there is the power of both life and death in words. Words have the power of life or death. Proverbs 20, 18, 21 says, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Um, some, some studies show that women speak twice as many words during a day as men. I'm not, I'm not, it's, not a, it's not a sexist thing, it's just true, right? I, I remember one time my wife was disciplining my oldest son and she was just going on and on in his ear. And it was even wearing me out. You know, I was like, 
just spank him or something. I don't know. You know, and, and in, in, a, in a young, innocent way, he looked up at her and he goes, Mommy, too many words. You know, I've always loved that, you know, too many words. But there's danger too many words, right? And so, because there's life and death in words. And we have to be very cautious with how many words we choose to say. Because there's life and death, and, and, and we all know that there have been times in your life and in your heart where words have given you life or words have sucked the life out of you. Some of you have made decisions even this weekend based on words that were spoken into your heart and mind decades ago, right? Words that said something like, you'll always or you'll never. And they sink into our heart, man, and they give life or they give death. And, and, there, and we know this, but we know that words are powerful. This past week as I was preparing this sermon, I actually heard this song on the radio by a guy by the name of Hawk Nelson, and, and he sings a song called Words. I want you to see this video, Hawk Nelson. They've made me feel like a prisoner They've made me feel set free They've made me feel like a criminal Made me feel like a king They've lifted my heart To places I've never been And they've dragged me down Back to
And we have an opportunity to speak words of truth and words of life. And, you know, church, here's what's interesting is that true words of life and true words of hope and true words of joy, they come from the Word of God. It's going to be eternal. The Bible says no word of God will ever pass away. In fact, we serve a God that when he speaks, universes come into existence, right? Galaxies come into existence. That's the power of the word of God. And so church, I want to encourage you, man, we need to be regularly in the word of God so that the overflow of our heart is an overflow of knowing God and his son, Jesus Christ, so that our words give life and our words are spoken in truth and our words give hope because the other, other way is that the words will bring death to the hearers that hear our words and hear what we speak. You know, we all know this to be true too. The other thing that's challenging for us is that there's a duplicity inside of our heart. There's a duplicity Duplicity of the tongue, right? In fact, you've probably said this, right? You've seen somebody at church and they're singing along with the song of praise and truth. And you, as you leave, you, you grab your spouse and you're like, can you believe so-and-so was there and they were singing that? Because you know what they said this week? You ever done that? Like three of you have, right? Of course, we've all probably done that, right? Like, oh, I can't believe they were saying that. They're hypocritical, Right? Well, James says, reminds us of that. We all have this kind of duplicitous thing with our tongue. So sometimes it, meaning our tongues, it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. How dare us? In fact, I've been reading through the book of Genesis this week and the created order and the God of creation. And it's interesting because God created all this fascinating stuff, but it's only the human race that's made in the image of God. There's something unique about the human race. It, it bears certain attributes that nothing else in created order has. And, and it's the image of God. It's the ability to reason. It's a soul. It's eternity it's set in our hearts that we know we exist for eternity. And how dare us tear down another human being? I remember when I was a kid, man, we sang this little church song, right? That God loves every tribe, tongue, and nation. Red and yellow, black and white. They are precious, right? In his sight. You know the song. That's true. Why? Because they're made in the image of God. And how dare us sing praises to God and then rip another human being down with our words. Because we have this duplicitous nature. and We have to be cautious. We have to be connected to Christ. And this is kind of a side note, but I thought it was an important note. James goes on to say, when it comes to talking the tongue, he says, teachers of God's word. Teach, anybody that teaches God's word has to be especially careful with their tongue. If you're in this room and you're a small group leader and you teach our children's ministry, our youth ministry, given opportunities to teach in any setting in church life, you open up the word of God, you have to be especially cautious your words. I know some of our college students are praying about thinking about going into ministry. I want to challenge you with this verse. You better make sure that God has called you to it because look what James 3, 1 says, dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church for we who teach will be judged more strictly. I hate that verse. I remember when this church first started, uh, we had um, two churches that merged together, two small churches in the community. We merged together to form Coastal Community Church. And so for about a year and a half or so, maybe two years, I co-pastored with another pastor. His name was Pastor Derek Evett. And, and so we would share the teaching time in the front. And, you know, he would do maybe every other week or, you know, we'd just break it up and alternate. And so it was his week to preach. 
And, uh, and so on this particular weekend Sunday service, I didn't see him anywhere before the service, which was not completely uncommon. And so uh, the music starts, all right, and the service starts, and I still don't see Pastor Derek anywhere, okay? About third song in, I began to panic. Now, at the time, we were uh, meeting in Grafton High School, and, and Grafton High School has this, this weird bubble around it where you can't get cell service inside Grafton High School. I don't know if that's anybody else's experience, but I could never get cell service. And I'm like, well, there's no messages missed. So finally, about the fourth song, I go out to the outside of the parking lot, and all of a sudden, I, my phone pops up. It gets a signal, and I see I have nine missed phone calls. Now I know I'm in trouble, right? And by the way, I have a recurring dream, a recurring nightmare that I'm called on to preach, but I'm completely unprepared, right? And so that's like a recurring nightmare. And now I realize my nightmare is coming true, right? So I call him like, where are you? He's like, you're not going to believe this, man. My car broke down. I'm still walking home. I'm like, you're walking home. You got to preach in 30 seconds, you know? Where are you? So, and so he's like, dude, you're up, man. I'm not going to make it. And so, and so I'm about to tell you something. If you tell anybody else, I'll deny I said it. So I'm walking into the church building. On this particular Sunday, I hadn't even brought my Bible, right? And so it's not that bad, okay? So whatever, I just didn't have it with me that day. So I grab a Bible off the back uh, welcome area where we gave Bibles away. I grab a Bible and I open up to the quiet time I had that morning and I preached a sermon off the cuff, okay? After the sermon, I'm, I'm standing in the back reading some folks and this guy comes up to me and he says, man, that was incredible. I need to hear that. And this person was making a major life decision based off that sermon and something God had spoken to his heart. And I looked at him and I'm like, I don't think I would do that this week. Maybe sleep on it for a week. You know, I, I'm not sure this is the best sermon, to, you know, but there's great power in the word of God, right? And that's why we encourage you, man, part of our, our vision, what's our, our vision is to develop authentic followers of Christ. That's what we want to do at Coastal Communities. We ask you to do it in three ways, right? Be a part of corporate worship through Connect, get in a small group ministry, do life together, grow, and find a place to serve. But the reason we want, we make corporate worship and small groups so important, and we center around the small groups around the Word of God, is because the Word of God's incredibly powerful. And those of you who teach, man, it's, a, it's, a, it's an important thing to remember, man, it's a, that there is a judgment that's coming for the teachers of God's Word. And, and uh, they'll be judged more strictly. And so now let me bring this sermon home, okay? And so here's the, how do, how do we live this out in community? How do we live this out with the one another's? Our words and our responsibilities to one another. First of all, we're responsible to build up one another. We're responsible to build up one another, encourage one another. First Thessalonians 5.11 says, So encourage each other and build each other up just as you're already doing. Followers of Christ... If you're here this morning, you're a follower of Christ, you're a Christian, that you have a responsibility with your words to encourage other followers of Christ, to build them up, to help grow them to be more like Jesus. I heard a, a story this past week. I was channel surfing one night, and, and my wife and I, and I came across, a, a, it was a rerun, I'd seen some of it before, of 60 Minutes doing the story of the life of Steve Jobs. And uh, Steve Jobs is a fascinating man to me. And, and uh, so I was watching this, and uh, the narrator was telling a story about when Steve Jobs was a young boy, probably about 10 years old, and he was, he was adopted, and he, was, and he knew he was adopted, and he was outside playing with one of his playmates in the yard and one of his playmates said to him as he was sharing that he was adopted then the playmate said to him well that means your parents didn't want you words right 
Words that could change and shape a life. So young Steve Jobs went into the house to his adoptive parents. He sat them down. He sat down with his mom and dad. And he said, listen, I, you know, my friend just told me that I was, because I was adopted, my parents didn't want you to want me. And Steve Jobs' adoptive parents said, no, 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 Steve, you got it all wrong. He said, out of all the children we could have had, we selected you. Steve, you're, you're special, you're chosen, you're selected to be a part of our family. And that encouraged Steve's heart. In fact, the narrator, switch back to the narrator of the story, and he went on to say that people that knew Steve Jobs well said he kind of went through life with this idea that he was special, that he was selected, and that he was chosen. Might that have come from a parent that used words well? Can you imagine if his parents had said something different? We would all be stuck using Microsoft products, <laughs> right? Every one of us would know what antivirus is. But we're encouraged to, to, to build each other up and to use our words well. And, and Paul goes on to say that one of our responsibilities, one of the words is to speak wise counsel to one another. Colossians 3, Paul goes on to say, says, let the message about Christ in all its riches fill your lives. By the way, what's he talking about here? He's talking about the gospel. This was my first point. The gospel needs to sink deeply in your heart so that the overflow of your heart is this, that you teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom that he gives, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. He's saying that we are to speak wisdom. By the way, what is wisdom? Wisdom is taking truths and making it practical. Wisdom is a discernment thing that you take truths and knowledge that you have and you understand how that fits into life and how you can pass wisdom on to others. I remember last year, one of my spiritual mentors was in the community, and I was having him teach my, some of my key leaders here. We were having this teaching time, and one of the things that he was teaching us was how the spiritual leaders inside Coastal were to support their pastor. They were to surround their pastor, protect their pastor, and as he was teaching this, I got uncomfortable with it. I didn't like it because he was talking about me, and I was like, ugh, that feels kind of yucky. You know, he's saying nice things about me. It was just going on and on. I didn't like it. And so I made light of the situation. This person gave me a gentle rebuke. He said, listen, this is important stuff. It's actually not about you. It's about a, a principle that needs to go on from one generation to the next. It could have been about me, Marty. You know, it could have been about me. So, it was, but... But, you know, and, he, and so he gave me this gentle rebuke. Why? Because he was teaching why. And he gave me some wisdom there. He wise counsel. And he took some practical things. He said, Sean, this is important stuff. And you need to let me teach this so that the truth of God could go from one generation to the next. Wisdom, church, we have responsibilities. Why? We've got to live in community. The Bible knows nothing of just you and God. You've got to surround yourself with other people. You ever come back from lunch with some friends, and you're, you're kind of, after lunch, somebody's got lettuce stuck between their teeth, and no one tells them about it, right? You ever seen that person? Finally, somebody's kind enough to pipe up and say, hey, dude, listen, you got, well, you got some lettuce stuck between your teeth, you know? And, and that's really a kind person, right? 
We all get lettuce stuck between our teeth. And we got to have people in our lives that say, look, you're running through life, man, and you got this temper, you got this thing, and I want to help you work on it. We got lettuce stuck between our teeth. There's got to be wise counsel. We must speak wisdom of Christ to one another. The third thing I want you to see is we have a responsibility to dispense God's grace to one another. This is incredible. This is incredible. We have the opportunity to dispense God's grace to one another. This is where I had you parked this morning. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. What we speak, I want to bring out three quick points here. Number one, he says, let no unwholesome word, the word for unwholesome is rottenness. And it's the idea of when fruit or vegetables rot. Right? You ever bought like a bag of apples from, from Walmart and one of those bad boys gets rotten? What starts happening? The rot goes to the other ones that it's touching. Right? And so there's a, church, there's a bigger thing that comes out of our mouth than just cuss words. It's just a, a filthy rottenness that, that, that people catch on to. And as I get older and I've you know, been a part of this church now for a long time and I want to pass it on to truth one generation next, one of the things that concerns me is that this concept in community life where rottenness can go from one person to the next by the words that come out of our mouth. We need to make sure that the words that come out of our mouth are wholesome and upbuilding and, and, and not tearing things down. All right? We have to be careful that the jokes we take part of at work, you know, where, where they get sexual and it, it makes light of something that God has made beautiful. And we make light of it. And men, I've seen this happen a ton of times, right? Where, you know, the guys get in a little circle, man, they start tearing down their wives. And it's, you know, the old woman back home. And it's easy to get a, be a part of that. And you want to diffuse that? Here's how you diffuse that. All right, next time the guys are putting down their wives, here's what you do. Ah, oh, man, that's too bad, man. I have an amazing wife. Just say that. The other guys don't know what to say. They're like, oh, man. You know, just say that. Don't let the rottenness of this beautiful thing called marriage that God has given us to, to, to defile your community. And it just ends that, okay? We've got to be careful that we're not putting people down, made in the image of God. One of the, the kind of humor that I like, I, li I like sarcasm. Sarcasm is really dangerous, can be really dangerous. Ephesians chapter 5 is one of the verses God has always reminded me to rein in my sarcasm. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 4, Paul says, obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. These are not for you. What's he talking about? Who's the you? That's those who are followers of Christ. Those who are in the body of Christ. Those who live out their life in one another. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. He says, man, be careful with rottenness that comes out of your mouth. The second thing he says out of 429 is timing. Timing is important. You can, you can say the right thing, but it be the wrong time. Okay? Ephesians chapter 4, we're not going to turn there, but the Apostle Paul says, you know, we need to speak the truth in what? What's it say? Anybody know? In love, right? A lot of us, man, we use truth like a club. Bam! You know, we just knock people out with the truth, right? And that's, you know, usually it was, it's the wrong time. There's a timing thing. And then finally, we dispense the grace of God. We, we give God's grace by the words we speak. Anybody know what grace is? What's, what's grace? It's an undeserved gift, right? 
Paul says our words can be an undeserved gift to someone else. I remember another time in my life, man, there were some words spoken into the hearts and lives of me and my wife. And for about a year, man, these words in our lives were like a chain around us, man. Our freedom was taken away. It made us feel gross. And, man, it hurt. And we just felt this burden of words. And I went out with one of the men that I consider one of my pastors. I went out and I shared the story with this person. And as I shared, they spoke grace into my heart and life. And it was the craziest thing. In that moment, as words of grace were spoken to me, you want to know what happened? I was free. The shackles of the previous words fell off, and man, I was free. Has that ever happened to you? Words are powerful. Words are an opportunity to give grace to someone. To literally dispense the very grace of God to someone else. I want to finish with a story, and then we're going to close with prayer. I remember many years ago, my son was, my oldest son was younger, and um, it was a long day, a long weekend of services, and I had, I can't remember if I had taped or DVD'd or DVR'd the, the master's final round. I didn't get a chance to watch it all day. I couldn't wait to watch the end of the master. So I sit down, the sun is set, I sit down on the couch, man, I get my favorite bowl of ice cream, man, I am set to watch the master's. My son saddles up next to me. He was a young boy at the time. And I play, I press play, and he sets up and he says, Dad, what are you watching? I said, Man, I'm getting ready to watch the Masters. He goes, Oh, Dad, it's awesome. Phil Mickelson won. (laughs) I said something in that moment I'm not very proud of. actually let him have it. So I've had a busy day. And then I looked over. And I saw about a six or seven year old boy that I just ripped his heart out. Can I be honest with you? I wish I had cussed at him because that would have been a whole lot easier to repair than what I just did. I realized he said that in total innocence and excitement. Stupid, insensitive, careless words. And my mind goes to James, where James asks one very important question. Who can tame the tongue? One person. It's Jesus Christ. Church, I want to encourage you with this. We need to be a people that on a regular basis, day by day, bow a knee to Christ so that our hearts are captivated by God's Son, Jesus Christ, transformed from the inside out so that the words that we speak are words of life, words of truth, and words of grace. Let's close with prayer. Heavenly Father, this is a gut-wrenching sermon for me because I know I've used too many words that have the danger of being stupid and insensitive and careless, God. 
Forgive us for those times we have spoken and, man, we said something that just diminished something beautiful in the heart and life of somebody else. And so, God, I finish this prayer with your word, James chapter 1. Be quick to listen. Be slow to speak. And be slow to get angry. By the grace of God and the power of the Spirit, help us to be those people. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Church, this is our offering time. If you're a guest with us this morning, first of all, we don't want you, we're not after your money. We are so glad you're here. This is one of the ways we worship God at Coastal through the offering. And uh, so if you'd like to join us in that, you're welcome, but don't feel any obligation to give. In your bulletin is your tear-off. If you'll just, uh, as a guest, if you'll fill out your mailing information, we want to send you a thank you card for coming. And church, I just want to encourage you this week, let's go out and be a people who dispense the very grace of God by the words that we speak inside our community. Joey.